first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on the Roster Watch. That's a great honor to me. Really appreciate it. This is Taewon Taylor, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com, our third podcast of the week. If you're enjoying the new volume of the podcasts here on the Roster Watch feed, make sure you're subscribed and please, please, please give us a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen, be it iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or... um, you can, you can always listen at rosterwatch.com backslash podcast. With that being said, it is the 83rd Roster Watch podcast, and it has been 83 podcasts before we have had on the disgusting individual that's about to grace your very eardrums. He is the Trash Man. Trash Man, what's going on, brother? So does it mean you haven't really had any podcast up to this point? <laughs> what, what, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> 80, I mean, if, 82 if, of them, 82 if, of them. If there's, if there's no trash, man, then really, what is there? Do you, tra, tra, trash, man, can you venture a guess as to how many people listen to each Roster Watch podcast? I'd say a baker's dozen. <laughs> Dude, I, you will not believe it. There are literally tens of people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> tens, whole tens. <laughs> no. no, but it's, it's not true. I've been on one podcast before. You? Oh, really? Which one? Um, um, when I was on the road last year um, oh, at some of the training that's true. camps. We did. We had you on from Bears training camp. We, we had you on from Bears training camp. All right, well, so there's a couple of things I want to get to. I have some, th- some notes written down here that I wanted to go over with you. Also, I sent out a query on Twitter for if anybody had any questions for the trash man. Of course, a few people did. But, you know, speaking of the Bears, or no, be- before we get to that, how about this, uh, this poll that Byron put up on Twitter that people are going fucking ape shit about? Hey, hey, did you call Byron today? Did you text him? No, why? It's his birthday. Oh, it is. Well, I've been talking. Yeah. I've been talking with him. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, if you if if you hear this on Twitter, guys, make sure and tweet us at Roster Watch. Which Byron a happy birthday? I'll make sure and go and go and do that. I did. I had I had no idea. How did you know? I'm not on Facebook or anything. He's he's not either. He's not either. I put it in my phone. I put it on my phone in the past just because I knew he wasn't on any kind of social media so i wouldn't have any other idea no oh, well good for you man what a what a what a thoughtful well look at that the trash man a <laughs> little bit thoughtful um all right every now and then so yeah we've actually been t- going back and forth byron and i because i'm going to up to fsta with him and bruce this year and we're gonna go fishing on the day before we get in so we've been t- talking back and forth about that he's trying to swindle me into going on a fly fishing trip because he wants to get some fly fishing uh practice before he heads down to key west to go fly fishing i'm just like fuck you man i want to catch fish i don't want to go out there and donk around with you and some other guy fucking getting to have fun fly fishing 
hey, a river runs through it, right? <laughs> my dad, dude, do you know what my dad would do? He would stand up on his kayak and fly fish. That sounds dangerous. It's not, it does sound dangerous. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day I can, I, can, uh, I can aspire to something like that. I'm trying to imagine what that looks like. Yeah. But I'm imagining the more difficult way, which is him like on either you know, thin edge of... Of, of, the, of the of the kayak, kind of just wobbling back and forth. No, that's probably I, I, that's probably not how it was. No, man. well, he would do it in the bay, going for redfish. So he had the waves to deal with too. I think what he would do is he would just stand up, and you know, like it's a sit on top kayak, right? So you can, okay. you can you can stand up, and then you can just get your get each foot on either side, just right next to where your seat is. And he would just he'd fly fish out like that. It's crazy. But anyway, all right. So about this poll that Byron put up, and he is getting all kinds of shit for it on Twitter. Um, um, which of these young NFL wide receivers will have a better career, Amari Cooper or Nelson Aguilar? What side are you on? I'm on the side of, oh, goodness, man. Can I be neither? Can I be? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. People don't understand that we hate Amari Cooper. Like I, like, I, and it's not that I hate him that much as a player. It's just I hate how much people love him. I, like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But. Well, for me, like, if, if we're depending on the kindness of others in the NFL, I think Amari Cooper gets the nod just because the Raiders are so set on him being, you know, the focal point of that offense. That whether he, you know, whether he's worth, whether he's worth his salt or not, they're going to give him every opportunity to be successful there in Oakland. People are saying you can't be serious with this. And somebody else is saying your credibility just jumped out the window <laughs> with a gif of somebody jumping out the window. Somebody says you should do a poll between Mac Hollins and Aguilar, and I would still pick <laughs> Mac Hollins. <laughs> this, this guy said you, have, um, you had one guy had a down year and an excellent NFL start. The other guy had a singular decent season. <laughs> yeah, what, these people are asking if um, – these, these, these guys are asking – do you believe Aguilar is actually better than Cooper? Even if he were, he's not. Cooper's numbers will top his just due to I, volume and I, usage. Well, well, I want to ask those people, do you think Michael Tribetree is better than Amari Cooper? He is. I mean, and if that's the case, you know, then it becomes a lot more reasonable argument. This guy's saying, LOL, would you rather have $100 or $1? People are crazy about Amari Cooper, and I think that they're dumb fucks for being so over the moon about this guy, but who knows? We could be proven completely wrong. I mean, Amari, he has Amari, shitty hands. Amari Cooper does not have the best hands. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a hard worker. He's a good athlete. I think you know enough enough balls thrown his way. He you know he makes he makes the most of it. I just you know he's it hasn't been. I I think we came into his career with too many high expectations. I mean Byron was talking about him being the next Jerry Rice at one point. And I don't think Byron was talking about him being the next Jay Rice. He I think did. That, he did. I remember he's him not saying on that. the pod to defend himself. I think that that's cockamamie. That's crazy. Why would, that, why would I just come up with something like that? Because that's what but, you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I remember, you know, set. I mean, the this, the hopes were high for Amari Cooper come in and coming in, and it's not. I mean, he's got he's had a pretty good career up to this point. Actually, you know, two thousand yard plus seasons. He just. I mean, con- considering what we thought he was capable of, um, he's underperformed. He was healthy last season, and he was like wide receiver 50. 
Yeah, I didn't have the best season last year. That's it was just, for sure. just bad. And then you know, but you know, the one monster game. I think he had the forty-four pointer versus KC the first time, and then could and then couldn't do shit against him the second time. Whenever everybody tried to use him in DFS, I just don't think necessarily that Aguilar will get the kind of opportunities playing out of the sn- slot with you know other viable um, receivers there and running backs who can catch a ball and tight ends. I just think, you know, his opportunities are limited there. Um, I think he's got all the talent in the world, but I just, you know, I think Amari Cooper is ultimately probably going to have the better career. Next topic, Colin Kaepernick and the anthem protests. No, <laughs> fuck no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not talking about that. But uh, how about this? Um, how about the this? NFL just can't get out of its own way there. No, do you, do you know what I do? Well, do you know what I think? Is, do you know what I think is even more egregious? And I, to be honest, I think the NFL can do whatever the fuck it wants. I don't care. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, you know, whatever. It's, it's a, but, it's a but, business. But but is but what I think people should be worried about instead of fucking complaining about all these protest stuff and what I mean just is is something that actually matters, and that's the new. Health Helmet rule that they've seemed to have passed by, where they're saying you can no longer you can no longer lower your helmet in any way to uh, initiate contact. Which I just don't understand how that's even possible. How people are even going to be able to like line up in a three point stance and fire out anymore or anything like that? I could have a whole set. Maybe I'll talk about that on a on a separate pod at some point after I've. But I've, I've been gathering some research about this for a for a column that I'm doing about it, and I just I can't understand. Like talk about the NFL not being able to get out of its own way. This new policy is way, way, way just – I think it's too reactive. And I think that Al Riveron, the new head of officiating, is a fucking moron. And I think that for that – for something this important to be just – just to come about in such a cavalier and quick and fast way. And it's like – like, here's the thing. You can't put this genie back in the bottle. You can't just go back to saying, all right, well, we're going to allow them to lower their heads again because then that could be used against you in the future by saying, like, look, you know, they, they, they put their adherence and their reverence to the tradition of the league and, and, and the tradition of the play of the league over player safety because they did try to do something and it did this to the game and did this to viewership and then they made them go back to it knowing that it wasn't safe because they originally did it for player safety. So you can't get this genie back in the bottle. And it's just, well, it, it makes me extremely Con- extremely concerned because here's the thing man it, what 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 are we even talking about that you can't at, at certain points in, in the act of playing football, you have to lower your shoulders. You have to make yourself small through the line of scrimmage. And, and you have Al Riveron showing us the same webinar that he showed NFL coaches and that he showed the officials and everybody else. And they're only going to show players the same webinar once they get into camp. So you're going to have players playing hesitant. That alone, the, having these guys not going 100% is going to get guys hurt. I mean, I just... There's a million reasons why I think that this whole idea is absolutely, absolutely horrible. I mean, as long as we're talking about it, here's, I mean, here, here are my concerns. Here just, here are my concerns. Um, one is that Riveron and the current leadership with oversight of NFL officials, they have proven themselves completely inept. They've proven themselves as damaging to the NFL product when they've been given free reign to enforce arbitrary rules on a whim. We saw them gift the New England Patriots this last year with three uh, wins because of the 
bullshit uh, overturned calls. We know that even the officials think that Riveron has overstepped his bounds in this area, and this just opens the, the opens Pandora's box. I'm concerned, like I said, about the future of the three-point stance. I'm concerned about the abandonment of the traditional running game. If a runner can't lower his shoulder, which in turn lowers his helmet through contact, what kind of NFL runners are we talking about? I'm concerned that NFL coaches are concerned and confused, and Al Riveron clearly stated in the webinar in one of his quotes, that an NFL coach said, what the fuck am I supposed to coach? And then according to Troy Vincent, who appeared on the PFT Live podcast, that you know NFL players, they aren't going to be brought up to speed on this new rule until the, until the preseason starts. And like I said, that's, they spent a lifetime learning how to play one way, and one fall camp is going to get, I mean, what could go wrong, right? I'm concerned about safeties especially the ones who were drafted to be these kind of Harrison Smith, these, for lack of a better term, these downhill thumping kind of headhunter types, these guys that did the enforcers when you cross the middle of the field. Soon enough, those guys are going to be fucking dinosaurs. I'm concerned for the NFL evaluate, like the evaluation staffs, the evaluators, anybody in that whole area who have spent time and money and resources to bring in players like a Darius Geis is the first that comes to my mind. Um, but then you think like beast mode. What the hell's be- what's beast mode gonna do in in the, in this kind of setting? And then here's the other thing. I'm concerned that the NFL is being short-sighted and they're being just so reactive and they're being so cavalier with this. They're trying to sneak this new rule through. And I think what they're trying to do, I think a lot of this has to do with trying to increase youth numbers and trying to make the game more safe. And they say they're getting back to more of a hands and shoulders league and getting the getting the helmet out of it. And I think that they want that to to kind of maybe curb some of this lack of numbers that we're seeing in youth football. But t- t- trash man, how many moms and dads are going to sit around the sit around the table once Timmy goes to sleep? And they're saying, you know, they're having this conversation about whether or not Timmy could play football. And they're going to say, like, well, you know what? Goodell did put in that shit last year wherever they can't lower the helmet anymore. And, and I think that that's, you know, is this a new piece of evidence we need to be adding in here to our discussion over this dining room table about Goodell and their new helmet rules? No. And then the final thing, and I could probably list other things, but the final thing just off the top of my head is this rule comes at the same time that they have legalized sports betting. <laughs> <laughs> you're going you're gonna to allow the judgment of some idiots in New York to maybe, I mean, vastly influence the outcome of games. It's just, it is absolutely ridiculous that they would put this thing through. They added, trash man, they added this item to, uh, to the list of items to be voted on at the owner's meetings as an 11th item that they never told anybody about. The media never knew anything about this. They never flew, floated a trial balloon. It's just now this thing is here. Now we have to live with it. I'm super concerned about it. But anyway, that's a tangent. Um, regardless, I wanted to talk to you. The last time you were on here was from Chicago. We were talking to you about Tariq Cohen at that point in time. I want to know, what do you make of the Tariq Cohen buzz coming into uh, this Matt Nagy offense? When you look at Tariq Cohen, he has a current ADP right now of 72.4. He's going way behind Lamar Miller. He's going just behind Nick Chubb. He's going a good bit behind Tevin Coleman, Chris Thompson. Uh, what do you make of Tariq Cohen coming into his second year in this new Matt Nagy offense where he could be utilized in uh, a lot of new and intriguing ways? I, I mean, I'm going to temper my expectations for Tariq Cohen 
uh, this season just because, I mean, he was used a lot last season. I mean, but it, it still didn't, you know, it, it didn't amount to, you know, I think altogether he had a little over 700 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns on the season. And I, I feel like I can expect something similar from him. Really? Year. You don't think that the change in, in philosophy, the change in coaching staff, the fact that they think that they can see him in a, in a, in a role similar to Tyreek Hill, and the fact that maybe, you know, Matt Nagy has shown that he likes more of a pass-catching receiver, and as much as we like Jordan Howard as a between-the-tackles runner, he's shown via his catch rate uh, during his time in the NFL, he's a shitty catcher of the football. Well, I guess my question is, are they going to be able to use Cohen in the red zone? Are they going to implement him in the red zone? And, I mean, they will, and they have a lot more options in the passing game now. That's true. I mean, That's, that's certainly very true. All right, so do you like Tariq Cohen better than Duke Johnson? They have virtually the same ADP. Um, I, I like him about the same right now. <laughs> well, they have about the same ADP. If somebody's putting a gun to your head and saying, trash man, you got to take one of these. Well, guys, which one is it? Which one is it? I'm going to I'm gonna take Tariq Cohen just because I'm excited about him, you know? Yeah, me too. I'm more excited about him. And with Duke Johnson, he is not excited about anything. I was listening to, uh, <laughs> I was listening to our good buddy uh, Matt Kelly on the, on the Roto Underworld pod a little bit earlier today. And I hadn't seen this because I've been I – was, um, I was outside – I was like outside fucking putting some mulch in one of my garden beds and cleaning out the goddamn pool. I need to tell people now, I have three kids now. I have a I have a three and a half year old a, daughter. You have a pool? Yes, I have a three and a half year old daughter. I have a I have a five month old son, and I have an eighteen year old fiberglass pool. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, dude, I spend more time on that goddamn pool than anything else. But yeah, so I was I was out there doing all that shit and, li- and listening to the pod. So I didn't see, but apparently Duke Johnson took. Um, Apparently, do and and I love how Trash Man's ears perked up that he he heard about somebody having some sort of asset that he can come over and and possibly use for free. <laughs> um, but 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 uh, but, but Duke, what do you Duke mean Duke possibly Johnson? use for free? I'm not gonna pay to use it. <laughs> I could I, even even if I wanted to charge you, I knew I would just be I would just be. Um, I'd just be trying to trying to squeeze blood blood out of the old turnip, as Buzz Byron always says. Dash would have none of that. Yeah, she certainly wouldn't. Um, all right, but Duke Johnson apparently took all took everything off his social media in one of these kind of Twitter New Age Twitter tantrums. Um, he's pissed off because he wants a new deal, and I, you know they were speculating on that podcast. It wasn't just Matt Kelly; it was our other, our guy too uh, from Twitter that we love interacting with, Mike Wright, the FF Hitman. They were saying that he's probably pissed off about the fact that he's been really good. And they bring and they get rid of Isaiah Crowell, but then they bring in Carlos Hyde, and then they bring in, of course, Nick Chubb, and in a situation where he might have thought that his volume was getting set to go up, maybe set to tick up a little bit in a contract year, maybe an extension coming his way, maybe he doesn't feel like an extension's coming his way anymore. I mean, maybe, he, I mean, what do you think? Of, I mean, what do you make of this with Duke Johnson? And what do you make of the fact of, like, do you worry at all about the fact that he could be impacted in the receiving game by Jarvis Landry, who catches a bunch of those piddly little dinky passes too? I mean, I think the offense is just going to be better in general, so they're going to be more opportunities for everybody. Um, Duke Johnson, he's present at OTAs, which is a good sign. Yeah. 
You know, I, he's 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 not. It doesn't seem like he's making that big a deal over it. I don't know about the whole Twitter thing. I'm not on Twitter. I think it was on Instagram, actually, which, which I'm th- not on. Actually, either. I think I am on Twitter. I just don't know what my handle is or or how to use it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not the least bit surprised. <laughs> well, Byron's got his Facebook thing. I guess I have my Twitter thing. Um, yeah, they're both I, cesspools. It's just it's just that it's just that Facebook's a, Facebook's a cesspool of a bunch of people you went to high school with you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Twitter's a cesspool of a bunch of people you just plain don't give a shit about. See, that's why I like Instagram. It's yeah. it's the middle ground. Well, I mean, the Browns just looking at the offense in general. I mean, it's a it's a solid looking offense on paper. I think that I think Johnson will get opportunities. I think that. Yeah, Jarvis Landry he'll catch some passes, but you know he didn't take all the he didn't take all the all the all the all the all the all the, all the, all the gleam off of uh, uh, Kenyon Drake down there in Miami. I just I don't th- I think that Duke Johnson will still have a role. I mean they've underutilized him in the past. They've never used him to the capacity um, to which I think he could could or should be used. So I think they have I think there's some room there for him to at least pre- perform at the level he's been performing. He is the trash man here on the Roster Watch podcast. Make sure and go give us a rating and a review wherever you are listening. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Please rate and review the podcast. If you like this new schedule, this new flow of content from the feed, that is what's going to let us know that you do like it, that you're out there listening. All 13 of you, as the trash man said. There are literally tens of you out there listening. Um, Whole tens. Whole tens. So we talked a little bit about Amari Cooper earlier, uh, so I'm not going to ask you about him, but I was going to actually ask you about him. He's he's already having fucking hamstring issues, which is just, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me. Uh, more OTA stuff. No Tom Brady, voluntary OTAs. And, and they asked Belichick about it, and Belichick, of course, said he only wants to talk about the players who were in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have too much to say there. That's just, I mean, do you, do you think that one of these seasons Tom Brady's just going to finally fall off a cliff? Or do you think that he's just still going to be Tom terrific for the foreseeable future? I mean, really, what else, I mean, what has to be working for him physically for him to have a good season? I mean, he's got his arm. He doesn't have to move. You he know? really doesn't. He, he really <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I mean, his, his he's he's got some mo. He's got pocket mobility. You know, certainly he's got the. I mean, his foot works great. He's got the ability to climb a pocket. But but he's. It's not like he's a Ben Roethlisberger or a Carson Wentz that has that kind of pocket mobility or that kind of escapability. He's he's a he's a bit of a statue for sure. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't really need much. He doesn't really need to move around. I mean, I don't really blame him. I mean, if Giselle Bunchen was my wife, I probably wouldn't show up to many other things either. <laughs> I yeah, I can imagine that. Lamar Miller, uh, you made the the infamous uh, pre- preseason prediction for our Series X and bold calls whenever he first joined the Houston Texans that he would lead the league that season in uh, rushing yards. I don't think it was that bad a prediction looking back. You know, I mean, it made sense at the time, and I don't think he was that far off as far as his, his rush. I wonder, I could pull it up, uh, Lamar Miller's 2015 rushing yards. 2016. 2016 rushing yards. He had, Let's he, see. Had, he had 1,073 rushing. Which was how, which was what? 
Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm just looking at the raw numbers. Running back ten. <laughs> so there's only nine guys you missed on. Hey, hey, Blunt was ahead of him. Hey, Jay Jay was running back four was, on that. That list. offense was terrible that season too. Right. If he had had yeah. Deshaun Watson that season, hey, it might have worked out for him. Yeah. Well, so what do you think about the, what do you think about Lamar Miller this year? Like I said, he's sort of in that group. I'm looking at the best ball cheat sheet. We'll have version 7.0 up at some point on Thursday. What do you what do you think about Lamar Miller? Current ADP of 6.0. I mean, you're getting him in the sixth round, and it looks like Deontay Foreman's probably going to start the season on the physically unable to perform list. We've seen that Deshaun Watson has what we call kind of the Midas touch on that offense. It seems that he turns every player in that offense to gold. Um, the rising tide raises all boats. It should seemingly probably get them in scoring position more often. Now, I'm not buying on Deshaun Watson this year because, as we all always talk about we don't like to rely on players that were overly efficient uh, the year before that's kind of something that we've that's been a roster watch doctrine since we started back in 2011 um, but I do love it I do love what Deshaun Watson does for the offense and I think maybe instead of buying into him or buying into a, a super expensive now like number six player overall in redraft DeAndre Hopkins not that I wouldn't love to have DeAndre Hopkins or, or you know reaching on a Will Fuller at some point in the seventh round I I think a Lamar Miller in this in the sixth round to me that doesn't feel like too high a price to pay for Byron it feels like too high a price to pay where are you on that on on this one with with your boy Lamar Miller I think in PPR leagues he could be worth that I think he's gonna I think he's gonna catch close to fifty or not more passes this season well that would be terrific I think they're gonna use him in the passing game a lot more this year. And I think his touchdowns will go up. You know, he had three touchdowns the previous year, five the year before that. And then his, his previous years in Miami had eight touchdowns apiece there. I think he's going to get closer to that um, this season. I think they're going to use him. Uh, I think they're going to use him on the goal line more. I think they're going to be around the goal line more uh, than they have historically with Lamar Miller. Would you take any of these players over Lamar Miller? Just say yes or no when I say each one, okay? Nick Chubb. No. Tevin Coleman. No. Chris Thompson. No. That's another guy who, with insane efficiency from last year, that you know you, you just can't depend on. And then I don't think you would take Tariq Cohen or Duke Johnson ahead of him, would you? No. I mean, and, okay. that, and that's the reason. And just like I, I mean, Lamar Miller's his play, his his actions built in. Cross positionally, would you take Robert Woods or Lamar Miller? I would take Miller. I don't know what Brandon Cooks is going to do to 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 Woods' output. Okay, so I I like where he's slotted right now, even though the sheet would. The sheet would direct you to take him one spot after Woods. I think we're pretty dialed in there. I think that's a, probably a good compromise. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move him up one spot here and make him his own little separate kind of mini tier. All right, so and, and that'll be on the Best Ball Cheat Sheet version 7.0, available to our pro members at rosterwatch.com, where membership is cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee. And something you should remember about a pro membership at rosterwatch.com, if you get it right now, it's only, what, $3.99 a month. 
if you get it right now, you're grandfathered in at that price. And I'm not saying the prices are going to go up. I'm not saying that, but it could be kind of maybe happening kind of soon. And the and yeah, I need I need a pool too. The devoted members of Roster Watch Nation uh, are always grandfathered in at their current prices. You'll always have that price. So if you want to get in now, I would recommend. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'm so not what you're saying, saying, I'm just is... saying go to rosterwatch.com and get a pro membership. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. What about Matt Barrows saying that uh, you need to draft Jarek McKinnon early in fantasy because he was catching a ton of passes from Jimmy Garoppolo? Is Jarek McKinnon moving up? Your I mean, I'm excited about McKinnon and just his role in that offense. There are few other running backs that I guess have somewhat of a question mark going into a new offense or or I guess just aren't as hyped um, for a starting running back that's going to get a lot. Uh, he's going to get a, he's gonna get a lot of passes thrown in his way. He's going to run the ball t- up. He's going to have a lot of touches. I think there are a few other backs with the potential that he has this season and an improving offense that is, you know, I guess underrated right now. You don't really – go ahead. I think, yeah, no, no, no. I, I think that Jarek McKinnon, I'm starting to really warm up to Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if, like, uh, I mean. I feel like wherever you can get him right now, you're going to get value on him. I think so, too, because his current ADP is 3.01. And I haven't just, let me, t- let me, let me ask you, we weren't getting any Devontae Freeman or any LaShawn McCoy. Because I just feel like those guys with their current ADPs of 19.1 and 21.9 are just a little bit too high. And I just said, I'm going to get Jarek McKinnon above those two guys. Even though his current ADP is 3.01, I'm going to price him in at 2.09 or 2.10. And if we can get him there, we're just going to, we're going to take him there. Because I feel like by the time – look, man, he's, what, he's the third is – he, is, is he the third highest paid runner in something the league or like something that. like that? And he, he's in a good ascending offense, a good quarterback. They've made a commitment to, to revamping the offensive line in that system. I just, you know, the Seattle Seahawks aren't anywhere near what they used to be defensively. Neither are the Arizona Cardinals. Now, you can't say as much for the Rams. They've really boosted up that defense. But it's not as hard playing in the, in the NFC West as a fantasy running back as it has been in recent years. I just I think that by the time the fantasy season kicks off in earnest as far as, you know, redraft leagues for season long, I think we're going to see Jared McKinnon's ADP at like 2.05 or 2.04 possibly. So I think if we can lock in getting him right now at 2.09, 2.10, we're going to take that here on the best ball cheat sheet and just try yeah, to get out ahead of that I hope it doesn't get that thing. high. I hope people still sleep on it. One more question, then we'll get you out of here, Trash Man. I wanted to ask you about no, – you already well, asked you about Taylor. We talked Taylor. about him a little bit on the show this past weekend. Where are you on Tay One Taylor? Because his because his ADP is so. I mean, you can get him in basically the second, third to last. You know, you, you can get him in the second to last round of your best ball draft right now. I have him priced into where we're going to be taking him in the fifteenth round and just making sure that we get this guy because I, I just want to hear why. What do you think? No, is, it's is, not is, crazy. Is crazy? I mean, I've always liked Tay One Taylor. As I told you before, he was my second favorite player out of the senior bowl last year after zay jones i think a lot of it might have had to do with his shiny helmet but 
it was actually, you know, it played with a lot of fire, a lot of pop, a lot of speed, and it had good hands. And I think, you know, the way's kind of cleared for him a little bit there in Tennessee. Corey Davis, you know, we expect a lot of things out of him, but, you know, we still, we, I mean, Taylor, Taylor could end up, you know, performing close to or, or better than him this year. I mean, Rashard Matthews, you know, he's a known commodity, but, I mean, you know, he's not going to be the guy that I think they're going to hitch their wagon to. I think Taylor Taylor has a real possibility to have a breakout season with a, with a health, healthy Marcus Mariota. And the thing about these best ball drafts is, you know, as far as your exposures, with these guys you can get at the very end of your draft in the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th round of these drafts, those are the guys who you don't mind having 100% exposure to because if they go bust – it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's not like having a hundred percent or hundred percent exposure in the first round of your uh, drafts. You know, a couple of years ago to Jamal Charles or something like this, wherever they hurt their knee early in the season, and you know now you have this gaping hole on your roster because you know you've you've gotten him in every single draft in the at the turn there at the first or the second round. When you can get these guys late and you identify this kind of value, like we see in Taewon Taylor, a player that we've done. A ton of work on a player that's been uber efficient with the touches that he's gotten and a player who we've always said get him up to 60 percent of snaps he's 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 gonna go bonkers look he's set to be the starter at the slot wide receiver position in a Tennessee offense that has brought in Matt LaFleur which we've seen in that offense out in LA last year makes a ton of usage from that slot wide receiver position in an offense that's going to be philosophically shifted from this idiotic exotic smash mouth that we've had to endure for the past couple of seasons uh, there in Nashville to one that is more of a wide open offense with some of the spread philosophy to get Marcus Mariota more comfortable, get that guy moving, uh, let him create a little bit with his legs and find the open guy. I just feel like Taewon Taylor is the kind of weapon in that kind of offense, just like Trashman. Taewon Taylor is set for a breakout. That'll bring, come, that'll, uh, bring it into this episode, episode 83 of the Roster Watch podcast. So for the Trashman, for Byron Lambert, for the Robot Genius and all of Roster Watch Nation, my name is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. We will see you next time.